0: There's a trade proposal out there that I saw for William Nylander going to the Seattle Kraken. Should the Toronto Maple Leafs consider it? Plus, is Austin Matthews' deal more important to get done first? And would the NHL consider an in-season tournament idea? I discuss all that and more on today's edition of the Locked on Leafs podcast. It's your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. And as always, the Locked On Leafs podcast is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. So make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure you get us on YouTube each and every day, Locked On Leafs, because it is your team every day. We're here five days a week until the end of the week. Then we're going to be moving to three shows a week for the summertime with news dying down a little bit. Not really as much news coming out, so... We're going to be changing it over to three days a week, but we're still going to have shows for you for the rest of the week here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. And I got an interesting text last night uh, as I was kind of preparing for to do the show, and I had someone say, I "Believe Nylander potentially to Seattle? And my, my, my eyes opened. I was like, I hadn't seen anything about Seattle and the Leafs. And so did a little bit of digging around, see where these rumors coming, coming from. It looked like somebody started potentially throwing out a trade idea with Nylander to Seattle. And that kind of got everyone, you know, all the, all the people looking for those clicks online, trying to get uh, a headline going there. And then I noticed that our colleague, my colleague of, of uh, Mike and I over at locked on Kraken, Erica Ayala, she, um, she was discussing this idea about a Nylander trade to Seattle involving Shane Wright. Now, she was actually of the opinion that she, that Seattle shouldn't be looking to trade Shane Wright. You know, uh, we know that Shane Wright didn't exactly have the best of introductions to the NHL. You know, first off, a guy who was expected to go first overall, ends up falling down the fourth overall. That was kind of the first, first little wrinkle in this whole Shane Wright situation where um, you know, he he thought he was going first overall. Didn't happen. It felt like there was a little bit of a that's that's tough for a player like that because then you know everyone wonders what's going on. Why isn't Shane Wright going first overall? What happened here? And then what happens is he goes to Seattle and they don't want to play him the full 10 games to have his first year of his entry-level burn-off. So he only played eight games in the NHL last year, had two points. They found a way to get him down to the AHL. He scored four goals, six points in eight games there, and then eventually, you know, the team decided we're going to send him to the World Juniors. He did that and then sent him to the OHL for the rest of the year. It was a very bizarre situation because of the whole he's either got to be in the NHL or he's got to go back to the OHL. And it just seemed like they did not want to do that to Shane, Wright, Where they had him in the OHL because they probably felt like he was too good for it. I don't think so. I think they should have brought sent him there. You know, let him play a few games in the NHL and then let him go back to the OHL and kind of work on things there. You know, I, I understand the OHL is not the AHL, but that's, he, the options were quite limited. Um, They found the way to make it work with him. So, why all of a sudden would the Leafs consider trading Nylander in a one-for-one for, one for Shane Wright? That one, I do not get. I understand that Shane Wright could be a good player. I don't see Shane Wright as a top-line player in the NHL. Nylander next year could be on Austin's Matthews wing top line player at the NHL he's put up production as a top line player in the NHL with over 80 points last season 40 goals that's top line production so I don't understand where that idea comes from where the Leafs would actually consider doing a one-for-one so That wasn't the like, that was just something that she down. Don't go to Erica's page and start blasting her. I'm bringing it up here. I don't like, she's just going by what the reports are saying. I do think that if the Leafs were to trade Nylander to Seattle, and they're a team that I think would be or should be interested because they don't exactly have a lot of high end scoring talent there in Seattle, there are some pieces I would consider. Notably, vince dunn who is an rfa right now does not have a new deal he does have arbitration rights kind of a similar issue where i think seattle is going to dig in uh, they're probably waiting for to to set a little bit of arbitration here but i've i've always liked vince dunn you know i think he's a he's a decent blue liner he had a career year. Now, this is the issue here. He had a career year where he had 14 goals and 64 points. The guy had never cracked more than 40 points in a season. Comes to Seattle, obviously gets a little more, you know, gets a higher role, and he he exceeded in that role. Um, so, I also like that he, you know, he's not a small defenseman. Six foot, two hundred three pounds, not the smallest defenseman, but. I, I think there's potential there. The Leafs need to add on the blue line. Vince Dunn would be an intriguing player. He can play both the left and the right side. I don't know if that if that's enough, you know, for the Leafs to consider. Um he's twenty six, so he's you know, in on uh, he's on a good uh good path there in terms of age. I, I think there could be something potentially there in terms of looking at a guy. If you're looking at outside of um, outside of the normal Carolinas and things like that, I think Seattle would be an interesting team. If Nelander would not only agree to a trade there, but agree to a contract, right? That that's, that's the important thing is, is that Seattle would have to get a contract done with Neilander before they even make that move. Now, could they? Could the Leafs potentially look to make other moves in that situation? Um, I think so. They, um, I think uh, you're looking at, um, you know, a guys like I, I'm looking at their their cap friendly page right now. They got like guys like Yanni Gord, who I think would be a great fit on the Leafs. You know what he did uh, in the playoffs with Tampa. He's he actually was pretty good for Seattle too. Good playoff performer. I think the Leafs would definitely um, do well if they went and got a guy like Yanni Gord. Um, You could go out and get, you know, help your blue line a little bit. You want to add a little bit of size. I don't know if, uh, like, if you do a package revolving around like a Shane Wright and Adam Larson. That that wouldn't wouldn't be too bad because you get a decent for Shane Wright. You know where his potential could be. Adam Larson would be a top four guy, right side, toughness, bring some of that, uh, you know, helping you out on the penalty kill. He is 30. Uh, the, this is, I uh, forget here, that Adam Larson's also 30. He has two years left on his deal, of $4 million, and he has a modified no trade clause. It's a 10 team no trade list. So that's something to consider there. Again, I don't know if that value adds up enough for a Nylander deal. So the Leafs have to be very careful when they look at a deal like that. So um, don't mind the idea of trading him to Seattle. Um, I understand that Eric is position. You don't want to give up on a guy. You picked at fourth overall, but you're also getting a guy who put up over 80 points. He's done it and he can do it. I, I think in the right role, he could do it well enough. And he's looking for that top line role consistently seattle would be the perfect place for him in my in my opinion to do that so something to keep an eye on there i wouldn't do it one for one no way should the least ever do that one for one so uh do you think seattle would be an interesting landing spot for Nealander? what would you like back in a potential trade let me know in the comments below on the other side we're going to talk a little bit about Austin Matthews' deal. We're not going to talk about what he should get or anything like that too much, but we're going to talk about whether signing him first is the right idea because I have been hearing that in a lot of conversation about the contract situations there. So I'll discuss that on the other side. Here on the Locked On these podcast, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me. You want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins. Not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. If a comprehensive solution is what you are looking for in your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply vitamin D and five free travel packs, AG1 travel packs, with your first purchase. Go to drink dot drink onecom slash nhl network that's drinkag onecom slash nhl network check it out today and get yourself the ultimate daily nutritional insurance welcome back into the locked on lease podcast david morsoody here mike de is away and for the next couple of weeks he is enjoying the great european seas i hate that but i love that for mike uh you know he's uh He's definitely the cruise guy. Somebody was telling me, man, this guy loves to cruise. I love the cruise too, everyone. I was a bigger cruiser than Mike was before he uh, before he started going on cruises with his family. So I will be going on a cruise at the end of the year. Little little hint there. I don't know if Mike, I even told Mike that. I will be going on my own vacations. Don't worry about that. I know a lot of people think that Mike's the only one that goes on vacations. I do too. Um, Speaking of offseason stuff I did discuss on the other side that I want to talk about Austin Matthews deal and this idea about whether he should sign his contract first we know that he did when when now Tavares we're going to leave him out of this one first there was the three guys that the Leafs had to sign when he had to sign Matthews Nylander and Marner you had to get all those contracts done when it was time for Matthews and Marner Matthews came first than Marnard's deal. And so the idea here is whether the Leafs should set the tone with an Austin Matthews contract. You know, if Austin Matthews, you know, it comes out that he takes less in his deal, then, you know, maybe that'll tell all the other guys, all right, now maybe you should consider to take less on your deals as well. Here's the thing. Ma- There's been this measuring stick idea with Matthews, Marner, Nylander because, you know, the, the sentiment with Nylander is why should he take a discount if Matthews and Marner aren't willing to take a discount? So everyone's saying, well, if you get Matthews signed first, he sets the tone for the rest of them. Obviously, he would sign before Nylander, uh, before Marner has to sign. So basically, he sets the tone for Nylander. And maybe that's what Nylander is waiting for. And that's maybe what the Leafs are potentially looking to do as well. We don't know. We don't know what order they want to go through here. I do think that getting Nylander first would be the better idea. And this is why. I think if you sign Matthews, even if, let's say, they signed him to, I mean, I'm hearing that he doesn't want to do eight years, but let's say they signed him to like a five-year between, you know, in around just under 13 or in around the $13 million range. Let's say that's, let's say that's the deal. So then you're going to tell Nylander who wants 10 that he's not $3 million less than Austin Matthews, right? Or even if Matthews, let's say, gets into like that Nathan McKinnon range of like the 12.5 to 12.8. Then you got to tell Nylander, you got to sign eight. But he's he and we know that the issue here is I am in the belief that the, the league should not be going with the valuations of their own players and they should be doing what's going around the league. Like, are you telling me Nylander should be signing for then and Mike and I went through this? I'll I'll you know go back to the episode where we're talking about Nylander's deal. I can't see how you're evaluating yourself higher than a Matthew Kachuk, higher than even like a John, like you know, Jonathan Huberdo. Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. There's like a bunch of players there that I can't see how you're going to put yourself in a higher valuation. Then I still think the highest he should go is that 8.8 that Timo Meyer signed. I think that's that's the perfect comparable for Neilander. Now, let's say Neilander doesn't want to sign for eight years. At that point, you're gonna have to you have to take a you have to make that work. Like Timo Meyer signed for eight years. Some guys like that eight years. I don't understand why you don't want that security. <sighs> I do think that signing Nylander first would be the better idea just because then if you get him signed to a reasonable deal or if try to get him signed to a reasonable deal, then Austin Matthews, you say, look, Nylander took this. We can't pay you top dollar. We can't max out on you. We want, we want to pay you a little bit more. Right, I think he's now Nathan McKinnon set a new bar where Matthews is not worth 11 anymore. He's in the 12s, 13s. Is, I'm, I'm still, uh, uh, I'm, I. If he's not giving you full term, I can't go. I can't see them doing the 13 and a half that I saw other people talking about. And this is why, if you're getting Allison Matthews signed first, it's only because he is setting the tone for the other deals. That means he's taking. Less than what people think he's going to take. If he does that, then it sends a little bit of a message. But I still think getting Nylander done first is the right call, in my opinion. So that's something that Bradshaw Living is going to have to do. He's going to have to work hard on that because he's... uh, Austin Matthews is the most important contract the Leafs are going to sign. I know Nylander is getting a lot of the attention. um, But I do think Austin Matthews deserves the attention too in that you know what? The, some of these guys are saying they want to stick around Toronto. They want to win here. Well, it's hard to win here if these guys are maxing out or making these contracts difficult, and it You know, it hampers what the Leafs can do. The Leafs couldn't sign, I mean, other than the Ryan Reeves one. All the other deals were for one year because the Leafs had no idea what their salary cap structure was going to be like going forward. In my opinion, that's that's tough to do business if you're if you're a general manager if you're Brandon Prindam trying to figure all this stuff out, and he's got huge question marks. He can give ranges. We think Neely can be from this to this. Matthews can be from this to this. mark can be from this to this. But that still doesn't help when you're trying to build a team around them. So I think these guys are going to have to realize that, you know, it's it was a big gymnastic effort to make all this work the last time. What's what's the What's the desire here? And I think that's why Austin Matthews doesn't want to sign for eight years because if he signs for less and he takes less, then he can reload and try to get more on the next deal. I don't harm a player for doing that. It just it doesn't help the Leafs, obviously. And it'd be nice if these guys were to do what other stars have done for other teams, too. Nathan McKinnon signed for eight. Kachuk signed for eight. A lot of these guys are signing for eight years. It'd be nice if, have, if the stars that say they want to be here make that eight-year commitment, too so uh we'll see how that all goes i do think uh i do think that it's it's gonna take time it is gonna take time because they got to get these deals done right so uh we'll see how that all plays out um i do have a a guest coming on the show for tomorrow and i'll get his thoughts on you know should the leaf sign matthews first what should they sign him to and uh just just kind of get this it's gonna be like this for a while guys i don't think there's gonna i mean unless neil signs out of nowhere or matthew signs out of nowhere i'm not getting any inkling that's happening but it is uh the offseason things kind of pop out of nowhere so uh we'll be keeping an eye on it that's why we're here we're here at least well we're here until friday five days a week and then we're moving on to three days a week and i promise you if one of those deals comes down i'll have a show almost right away i might even go live we'll see see how uh see what time if they do it at midnight sorry not gonna go live at midnight you guys are all gonna be asleep but they do do something i will make sure to be here when that news does break down speaking of uh breaking things down i wanted to propose an in-season nhl tournament idea uh we're seeing this sort of become a trend now in today's uh today's sports world uh the nba is looking to do one so i'm going to discuss that and whether the nhl can make that work here on the other side it is the locked on these podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day this show is also brought to you by bird dogs is a product that i use every day now in the summertime because you know i'm i'm someone that likes likes to enjoy the summer weather go outside play some golf And when I play golf, I actually like to wear my bird dogs because they're a perfect, perfect product for the summertime and especially for golf because they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. But they fit way better than any shorts like Lululemon because they're not made of that stiff, restricting cotton. cotton. They have cloud knit fabric that makes it look like khakis but stretches and has a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I, you know, if you know golf, You need movement, and that's why bird dogs are perfect for that, and they use anti-sweat wicking fabric to keep you cool and dry all day, especially when you're out there for four hours and you're walking on the golf course. It is perfect. I also use them, you know, if I'm going up to the cottage, I can, um, I brought them up to the cottage, and people are actually, they they were surprised of how well they looked, Uh, and the inseam is great, and uh, they're very versatile, most versatile shorts I've ever had, actually, so. Uh, definitely recommend you all going to get one and you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for free Yeti style Tumblr. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Welcome back to the locked on these podcasts. It's your team every day. David Moore Sudi here and the the NBA proposed uh, an in an tournament that is now going forward and you know what like there's a, a lot of um there's a lot of skepticism about this and I I can understand why there you know I understand first off why the NHL why the sorry why the NBA is doing this the regular season when it comes to NBA MLB and NHL you know it's all three um all three of the top North American leagues. Even at, I would say the NFL is different, and I'll explain why in a second. But the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB, the regular season has become kind of dull in certain ways. It's meant less and less each and every year. The players now you are seeing players take you know take games off in the NBA. NHL start to do it too with certain uh you know, load management idea. So the NBA is doing an inaugural in-season tournament that's going to tip off from November 3rd, and the championship will happen on December 9th. The actual like finals uh, will be from December 7th to 9th in, Teemo, in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. So hey, maybe if you just want to have some time in Vegas, well, you're going to be playing. I don't know how much fun you'll have in Vegas, but basically the way it is is there's going to be two stages, the group play and the knockout rounds. And so... It, basically, it's just another tournament to get, you know, maybe those those teams that feel like they want to have, uh, you know, players want to make a little more money. There's another trophy to go for. This is actually borrowing from the FA Cup idea in uh, the Premier League. I mean, the it, FA Cup does do more than just the Premier League. Other teams do get involved. But I do think... Um, I do think that this is an idea where you know it draws a lot more interest during a part of the season like November December now NBA play, NBA fans might be a little more interested we'll see how it all t- comes out if the players really put in the effort I do think it's something that could work well for the NBA. The NHL has been looking to do obviously the NC's e-season they've done like tournaments before obviously when they did the World Cup of Hockey that was the NHL Kind of leading the charge with the double ihf but with the olympics being something that only happens every four years and the nhl haven't not going to the olympics the last little you know haven't been there in a while this could be a, a case where the nhl does something on their own to get the at regular season to feel less dull right to kind of change things up a little bit now they could do something where You know, from this time to this time, the regular season games. Now, I'm just spitballing ideas here, okay? where they could do a similar to the NBA where they have the group stage and they have the knockout uh, knockout and then the finals there. It's tough because you have to make concessions with the with the with the regular season schedule. Which games do you do? How do you make them worth all the same without interrupting the regular season? there's There's different ways you can do this to make it work. and what I think is like with eighty two games, I always find that in in the last few years, it's been it's been a drag uh, to continue this uh, to keep this facade of having eighty two games and trying to make it all worth, you know, make it all count. I mean, fancy hockey helps in some ways to keep fans interested. But other than that, there's not really a way that. Fans, especially teams that, you know, fans are not sure that their team is going to be any good. <laughs> I guess it's tough for them to, I mean, to, to keep them interested in all 82K, two games. Um, I also do think that when you're looking at um, an in season style tournament, what the NHL can do that the NBA can't do is sort of like a Champions League. Um, If you don't know, the UEFA Champions League, the one in Europe, is probably one of the better soccer tournaments, probably the more popular soccer tournaments outside of, like, international competition with the Euro Cup, World Cup, Copa America, and all those. Because it pits all the best teams in Europe against each other. And it's like figuring out which team is the best team in Europe, right? So you got the top two, top four teams from the Spanish League, from the Italian League, from the... Premier League from the German League you know and they bring them all into a pot and they all play against each other the thing about hockey instead of you know let's say maybe you know they can't get a, an international one going why not try to get NHL teams to go up against KHL teams to go up against Swedish team the Swedish team league, go up against the German League go up against the Swiss League there are an, I mean, and you, you also have the Finnish League you have all these teams try to figure out a way to go up against each other. I think it would be a cool idea even just to try it out. I don't know if that's something you can do in the summertime. I don't see how the NHL want to break up the regular season to do that. But um, I do think that there is, uh, there is an opportunity here for the NHL to consider a, um, a different style tournament just to keep things going. The logistics would take some work. How it would happen is uh, is something that's going to take some time to figure out. But look, we'll see how the NBA, the good thing here for the NHL, let's see how the NBA one works. And if that's something that, that actually draws interest, it can bring in some revenue. Um, you know, you can each have a city host a tournament each year if this is something that eventually does take off. It could work. I do think it could work um just to just to keep things interesting during the season now um i don't think that there should be... in uh, in hockey it's tough like soccer because they can't do another trophy but we'll see if they can get something like that off the ground it'd be a little tough logistically but i do think there's uh there's an interest there to maybe consider it i don't know i'm the only maybe i'm the only one that wants to consider something like this but maybe uh you know like to see if anyone else uh, has that same thought of trying to do something a little bit different. It does maybe ne- like now the NBA is, looks like this is going to be a early thing. Maybe it's tough to do that in the NHL. I don't know, but we'll see if that's something they that will want to consider. they will do it for us here today on the show. to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can go find the Locked On These podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure you go and. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't subscribed yet. Make sure you tell your friends to do so as well. And you'll be notified whenever we get an episode. I want to thank all those who have been listening every day. And if today was your first listen, thank you for listening. And I hope you do come back for the next episode. Um, and then we'll be discussing more offseason stuff, just like usual. Maybe we'll take a look at some free agents still available. If there's anyone there that the leaf should consider, just a little tease for the next episode. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leaves.